guys, welcome back to the Hungry Few Podcast. Today I have an amazing guest, Josh Copeland. He's been a, a longtime friend. Got an awesome guest here for you guys. He is actually a six-figure copywriter. And if you don't know what copywriting is, you will real soon when Josh explains to you the difference between legal copywriting and what he does. But I'm super excited to be with this dude. Thanks for being here. Oh, dude. Pleasure is all mine. Really, really appreciate being here. And I always like hanging out with you, dude. It's always a good time. Always a good time with you. So, um, yeah, we'll just dive straight into that. Why, what is copywriting? What's the difference between legal copywriting and what you do? Okay, so copy. So first, let's talk about like legal copywriting. Copywriting, copyrights is what they call it. So that has lots to do with infringement, the law, making sure people don't take over, like use your stuff illegally. And also copyright infringement protects you from getting sued or protects, it protects you from not getting sued. It also allows you to sue someone if they try to take yourself legally. Copywriting is different. It's even spelled differently. Copyrights infringement, copyrights is spelled C-O-P-Y-R-I-G-H-T-S, whereas copywriting is C-O-P-Y-R-W-R-I-T. I-N-G, sorry, I'm kind of fired right now. <laughs> um, that is literally selling through words. That's the, uh, literally selling things with the writing words. The yeah. words, it's like salesmanship in print. And basically it's everything that you use advertising-wise. So everything that you see in your ads, your emails, everything that advertisers, big companies, entrepreneurs, marketers, that's all copyrighted. Copy, this is a, it's a nickname for it. And Anything that you're trying to sell online, online, offline, direct response messaging, all that stuff, they use copywriting to sell those things to people. So that's basically like the gist of copywriting. So you said salesmanship in print. So essentially you're selling products uh, as a salesman, but it's in print, right? Yes. So explain to the audience, how can you sell through writing when sales is a lot of time back for communication yeah so when you're in sales and you're talking let's say you're talking to somebody over the phone that that's a lot of like objection handling and you have a lot of the times it's almost like you have to rehearse the objection or you have to you know think on the spot like hey oh you know they don't have the money okay well what what can i say that is going to help these these people in this moment what what can i use to convince them to buy this thing right Mm -hmm. whereas when you're writing a sales letter, when you're writing copy, you are creating the ultimate salesman that handles objections beforehand. So as they're reading the, the sales letter words, whether it's an email, whatever, you're handling the objections as they read. And by the time it gets to the call to action or the CTA, the little button you click to buy, all their stuff, all their objections have already been handled. And that's the that's the art of copywriting. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, and that's goes back to the copy boarding. Copy boarding is a technique that Agora Financial uses. It's the reason why they've generated over $300 billion in excuse me, direct response sales. They handle the objections by uh, with a benefit-driven subheadline, and then they back up that benefit-driven subheadline with three forms of proof. And there's multiple forms of proof. You can use uh, testimonials, case studies, quotes, Social proof of all kinds. I mean, there's all sorts of things, mm-hmm. analogies, metaphors. They back it up with three forms of proof, and then they and then they concluded that the three forms of proof with a benefit-driven, like like benefit, ultimate benefit, really. Yes. So they so the 
they, you know, this is like one of my favorite techniques to use a copy. It's the OCPPPB, which is objection, claim, three forms of proof, and then benefit. Okay. Objection, claim, proof, 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 proof claims, proof, proof, benefits. Yeah. So that's one way to do it. That's that's just something that um, Agora exclusively does. Um, that's what we. That's what I learned from my mentor. Shout out to Jason Capital and Ryan McGrath, who's the copy chief of Agora. They they taught me these things. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the. That's one just one way to handle objections. And and as as when you're writing a sales letter, your your got your job is to be able to crush all that so that by the time you get to the buy button, they buy. Now another way to go about it is you have so. Really quick, yeah. Sorry. What I'm hearing the commonalities of how you actually handle objections in copywriting uh-huh. is just showing the proof. Yes, because in their mind, they're like, "Oh, well, this product doesn't work if if they're only 20 years old," and they're like, "Oh, well, here's this 20 year old who did who did it." Yeah. Oh, well, this won't work for me because I have diabetes. Like, oh, this person actually has diabetes. Did uh, right. I guess it does work. Right. Is that here? That's basically what it is. Yeah, that's co- that's copywording. It's uh, handling handling the objection before they can even they can even have that objection in their head. Mm-hmm. So if they're like, "Well, this person's twenty years old, they they can't do it," right? You would you would say it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, you could find success with this thing. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Well, well, I have diet. Oh, it doesn't matter what how what kind of health you are for. This this cure is what cures. Don't say cure. That's a not play. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Facebook's coming after you guys. Yes, yeah, don't do that. But he'll say, oh, before you can, before we can think, oh, yeah, diabetes, you're already saying this already helps people with things like diabetes, mm-hmm. you know, and such, such, such. So, by the, so they can't even have that thought in their head because you've already addressed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you know what the objections are going to be before you write this? So, so that's where, and, and a lot of copywriters do not do this, but they should. That's where research comes in. Mm. And as, as, as common sense as it sounds, like 90% of the copywriters, they just go in there, they think they could just go in there and write like fluffy words and put a word salad in front of you with like all these big gargantuan lexicon. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, like I have a cool sales letter, but it's not really saying anything. When you have research, you're doing target market research. You're figuring out what your audience, what they're suffering from, what their pain points, desires. You know, what are they talking about? What are the conversations that they're not having? What are these things that uh, you, you enter into their world? Yeah. And when you can enter into your world, you can address all their objections because you know. Yeah. You like literally step, step into their shoes to live their lives and then speak their language. Mm. And through there. You come from a place of sympathy because you literally put yourself in that situation. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of copywriters will just, as you're saying, write fluffy words to try to sell them and the reason why that why that doesn't work is because they're not really hitting that target bullseye desire yes not really understanding the pain that they went through correct exactly gotcha so how do you go about finding all these things researching and how do you actually put yourself in their shoes one of the one of the best ways to do research is looking at product reviews Mm -hmm. of your the the competitors of the product you're writing about so let's say but, and this is like a common secret, which is weird. It's ironic. But most, like, the good ones. <laughs> a common secret, almost oxymoron. Yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, if you really want to find out what they're talking about, let's say I'm selling like a health supplement of some sort, mm-hmm. immunity booster, or whatever the case. I would then go to like Amazon. Mm-hmm. I would find other immunity boosters. I would then look at the product reviews 
And then from there, you can just, you can literally decipher, okay, these people are saying these good things about it. So the five-star reviews, I love the way it makes me feel. I was sick. I started taking this and now I feel so much better. My common cold lasted, you know, 45 minutes of, as opposed to a week because of the supplement. And then you would go to the one-star reviews where they start giving up big friends. I used this and it didn't work. Uh, it just made myself, it made my, uh, my sickness worse. You know, I just felt like this chalky aftertaste in my mouth or, and then you take, you take that and then you then use that in the copy. Like, are you tired of using products that are like, you know, that have chalky aftertaste in your mouth and mm. actually make your, your uh, illness worse? How would you like to actually shorten your cold duration from 40 to, to 45 minutes as opposed to a week? I'm using what I learned from the research into the sales letter and I'm speaking the language of my prospects and readers who are now looking at it like common cold lasting from three days to a week to 45 minutes. Like what? I can have a, a cold that lasts only 45 minutes and I can get back to my daily routine and get back to living life the way I want without being sick. Yeah. Let me read more about this. And then from then on, you just, it just, you hook them in and it just keeps going. Yeah. In their mind, they're like, they just know me. Yeah. How do they think you just get me out? Yeah, so when you actually dive into the research, that's essentially the most important part is what I'm hearing because without it, you're missing the mark on everything. So that's, I mean, that's vital. Without it, your copy's not going to convert. Exactly. It's the, it's the fuel to the, to the engine. Gotcha. So we can go into a little bit. Uh, I mean, there's a lot more we can dive in for copy, of course, but sure. we, dove, we dove into like what the main problems are with copy and what copywriters are missing, what marketers are missing, is not actually doing the research and finding out what they, what the client actually wants, what the prospect actually wants. Yeah. I think it would be cool. I think a lot of the people that are listening are probably not to the point of six figures yet, you know? And so I think it would be cool to see, kind of reverse engineer and see how you got all your clients, you know? And yeah. How you developed the hard skill. Uh-huh. And then from there, how did you actually start to solve clients and how did you have the confidence to go ahead and sell these $10,000 landing pages, $10,000 funnels, right? So I think it'd be really cool to dive next. So first, how did you develop your skill? How did you get into developing the skill? Well, uh, I got into copywriting because I knew I loved to write and I knew I wanted to make six figures, but I didn't want to do what most writers do, which is either become a, a school teacher or put all my eggs in the basket of becoming a book writer, which mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with those professions. We need school teachers, English teachers. This is not what I wanted to do. I wanted to live a life where I had maybe I was making a lot of money. I wanted to make sure I wanted to make money not be uh, something that I ever had to worry about again. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to feed myself with my writing skill. And I wanted to do something that was going to allow me that's going to give me happiness. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that I felt like I had to sacrifice time for. Yeah. I wanted the freedom. And so uh, I remember looking on YouTube, or sorry, I was looking on uh, on uh, Google one day before I was going to go to Applebee's because I was working at Applebee's at the time. And I was like, yeah, I really don't want to work. And I was procrastinating and I was dragging my feet and I was kind of looking up articles. And that's when I discovered a, an ad from AWAI artists and artists writers institute or something like that mm-hmm. really writers writers and artists artists and writers whatever awai it's really good they're really good at what they and there was a, a ad that was like um can you write a little like this one make six figures 
or make six figures as a writer. I was like, what? And I thought it was at first some kind of like like six figures in pesos or what? Do we- well, I thought it was going to be like a multi-level marketing, network marketing oh, situation, and yeah. I, and I hate those, right? Mm-hmm. And no, no offense to those. I've met a lot of great network marketers out there. Shout out to Kyle Craig and Julian Lewis. You guys are amazing. But I did not want to do that. I wanted to do something that I actually loved and made six figures, and that's what network marketing taught me. So I found that. I read up on it, copywriting. And I was like, copywriting, copywriting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Realized that's not what it was. When I discovered what it really was, it was just writing words and selling things, I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah, this is cool. Right away, I was like, this is it. This is my purpose. Like, I I, I actually worked. Yeah, I didn't even know what a purpose, like having a purpose really meant, but I knew deep down inside that this is what I was supposed to be doing. Not working at Applebee's, not trying to uh, convince people to buy life insurance or whatever I was doing at the time, <laughs> this. And so I was fortunate enough to find some early mentors by the name of uh, Holger and Jan, who, who took me under their wing. They were creating money-making websites. They were teaching me how copywriting works. And it took a lot of a lot of trial and error online because they knew what copywriting was, and I didn't. I'm so weird. I'm trying to write like academic style. That's not what copy is. You know, writing long sentences, no, short sentences. Um, writing long with it, no, gets the point. You know, just it's just a lot of like reform, like reformatting, like reprogramming of how writing was. Yeah. Well, in school they teach you a certain format to write, and it's essentially, I mean, in my experience, like I want to write a ten-page essay, and I only have two pages done. So often I fluff this yeah. up. So yeah, it's still pages. I would do this thing where I would take periods, and then I would just increase the size of the periods, <laughs> and I would just like <laughs> do it like yeah. yeah, or I would like yeah, make the font like a twelve point five. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, twelve point. Like, oh, what are they gonna know, right? And yeah. so you just make these. Yeah, and also a lot of it is just writing verbosely until you get to like a page. And, and, you know, when you are a typer, this is what you do. In copywriting, it's like you have to shorten it. You have to get to the point faster. And you have to simplify it at the same time and be complex with what you're talking about in the simplest way. So it was just a matter of trying to figure it out. And I think the first thing I was writing that they were teaching me how to write were advertorials or native ads. It's where you write like an article that looks like an article, but it's actually an ad. Mm-hmm. And so it's giving information and then selling them on the product after. Yeah. For those who write advertorials, if you, if you understand what copywriting is, you know what advertorials are. It's 70, 70% just content value and then 30% sell. Gotcha. Right. I would even go further than that. Say I'd say 80, 20. That's how I write it. But um, I remember the first the first sales letter, it was a short form sales letter that I wrote. It was about breaking high on Google. And uh, it was actually really, really good. I wrote it for free because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to write. And the lady that they were they had me write it for was like in love with it. I wish she would have let me know whether or not it did well, but it was really, really well written. I mean, I'm not just saying that. I mean, ooh, I was able to kind of finally get together and write something. And when I kind of when I kind of just looked back at it, I was like, this is what a sales letter is supposed to look like. Or at least that's what it is, because it's selling. It's selling and it's like connecting with you and it's this and that. And when uh, Holger and Janet saw it, they were like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And this is when I just started. Um, and then like fast forward a couple of years later, I get my degree in writing literature. I figured I didn't really want to do writing. I would have freaking my professors at the time literally tell the entire class, 
if this is what, if you want to actually make money in life, this is the wrong profession to be in. Like, I literally had a free, yeah. Get out or I ain't gonna make it. Yeah. You have to really love what you do. I was like, what kind of mess is that? I have already discovered a way to make six figures. And that's with writing. Yep. So I got my degree to make my parents happy, really. And I just started writing. I, write, I started writing more copy. I was, at the time, I was writing blogs and doing that content writing stuff. It wasn't really direct response, but, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, I was getting my reps in. Yeah. All of this was getting my reps in. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I went from just, like, writing articles to just slowly getting into sales letters, which is what I love to do. I've always loved just writing sales copy. Mm-hmm. Just getting reps in and started, I started reading books. The very first copywriting book I ever read was uh, copy, uh, copy, Copywriting Stud by Randy Gage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I learned how to write the format. It was really learning how to write a short form. So and then from there, it was copy, uh, Kick-Ass Copy Secrets by John Carlton, the legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Learned about that. And then from there, it was the uh, cash advertising. And then it was Born Letters. So let's dive deeper into like the most... The best book you've wrote about copywriting in general, that like overseas, the most important part of it. Yeah. But before we get into that, essentially what I'm hearing is how you developed your skill of copywriting is just yeah. getting in the reps in all these different areas. Yeah. Okay. So, the, okay. So let me answer your question because I can, I can ramble. <laughs> the best way I, I developed my skills was just was rewriting a lot like, like winners award-winning winners mm-hmm. from the likes of Gary Halbert, John Carlson. I wrote John Carlson's Three-Legged Golfer. I wrote a lot of stuff from Gary Halbert back in the day, Joe Sugarman, um, Gary Gutzvenga. Blockers, Joe Sugarman. I didn't write his, I didn't rewrite his oh, blockers. No. <laughs> that would have been sick. I wrote Gary Benzabega's Olive Oil Offer. Was it Gene Schwartz? It was one of them. I think it was mm-hmm. Gary Benzabega. So essentially, you're finding these sales letters that have millions and millions in sales, and you're literally just reading it and then handwriting it. Yeah, I would say sometimes I would write, and they'd be long. So and why, why did that help you develop your skill? Because when you're writing it, it's almost like it was like imprinting into your psyche as to how writing is supposed to be written, like how copywriting is supposed to be written, mm-hmm. right? It's not just you're not just writing like you just be writing like you're you're writing and you're, and you're embedding the psychology of what it is. That you're writing into your into the way you're thinking about copy, yes. and you're just rewriting it. You're rewriting it, and then you and then you're like from hand, you're just writing. You're writing leads. You're writing stories. You're learning how to tell stories. You're learning how to write uh, fascinations and benefits, and bullet points. And you're learning how to write closes, and you're learning how to write uh, guarantees. And you just it's all of it is just this churning. You might not notice how it affects you until you start writing the sellers yourself. Yeah. You start noticing, oh, yeah, you're writing this thing. It's like, oh, that's, that's exactly what Gary would have written because I saw him write it. That's exactly what John Carlson would have written. That's exactly what Joe Polish would have written. That's exactly how Jason Cowell would have written. So this, you know, this practice of writing it down is essentially putting yourself in the same headspace that they were writing it so you can understand uh-huh. what they would write at a certain point. Yes. It's yeah. It's almost like you're taking on their their like spirit. So you're you're getting you're taking on the minds and the spirits of all these people who are doing millions of dollars in cup. Yes. And that's probably the most influential thing that's helped you get to the level you're at. Yeah, that was that was practice mode. But the yeah. best way, the very best way to get better at copy is to put yourself like write with money on the line. Mm-hmm. Like put yourself in situations that you need money and you need to make you need this to work. Mm-hmm. And I would say that the best, like the best way I can describe it, um, when I first met Jason Gabriel, he talked to me about how he's putting the, together this, this boot camp 
I needed to make $2,500 by in two days. And I was broken at it. So I literally wrote an email that to my boss at the time, asking her to invest in this money, invest in this course for me and how I was going to like use it to better, better the business. I, I used every single bit of uh, copy knowledge that I knew into this one email. Mm-hmm. And she read it and right away she converted it converted yeah let's do it I'm sorry, I'm do. go ahead and have fun yeah two days and literally the moment um she said yes that's when i got a call from one of his reps at the time hey are you down yes i'm down and when you put yourself in situations where you have to make it work you'd be surprised how dope the copy will be when you're writing mm-hmm. um let's see this is, there's been multitudes of, of um, examples as to how i made it work but, so yeah uh, so that's awesome. Yeah, essentially, write with money on the line, and there's going to be a certain amount of pressure on you to make sure that you perform. Yes. Yes. Love that. So we've gone from you got into copy, how you got into copywriting, how you developed all your skills. Mm-hmm. Cool. You're an awesome copywriter. Thanks. But you don't have clients. Yeah. You don't have right? okay. You're a fantastic copywriter. You could be, sure, you're the best copywriter in the world, but you don't have any clients. Like, who's, who's going to tell you you're a good copywriter? Yeah. People tell you you're a good copywriter by paying you money. Yes. So how did you make that switch from, cool, I understand how to write copy now. I'm confident I can perform for people. How did you start getting more clients on board and get to the point where you eventually make six figures? So the cool thing about copywriting is that everything you write, whether it's for free or whatever, it's it's going to amount to something in the end. Mm-hmm. I started writing and started making money when I wrote a, a, an email for a guy. I won't mention his name, but he lied to me about how much money I made him. But I wrote him an email that generated him $20,000. Yeah. And once I was able to do that, you then take that and then you you put it in, in a case study. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, this is going to that. Then you do something else. I wrote for Miles Becker. He's, a, he's really big on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Wrote him a, a sales letter that generated him 10K first pay. Um, and then turned that, his offer into a 15K, 17K revenue stream. You take that. It's not a case study. Now you're using that to get more clients. So you're building up your testimonials and social proof to close more clients. Remember, proof is everything. Jason Capital taught me proof is your God, right? Mm-hmm. For those who are spiritual or religious, it doesn't have to be your God, but it's the most important thing when it comes to writing. After Jesus, of course. After Jesus. In fact, I'm sure Jesus put that into Jason's head to say that to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, proof is everything in this business because you can't say no to proof. Numbers don't lie. If you could show people that what you're writing works, then you, while you can't promise results, you're like, this is something that I could do for you or more or better. Yeah. I mean, this person did this, this person did that work with me. I know what I'm doing. Because all because proof, it demands trust. Mm-hmm. If you have proof, then they will trust you. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't like you, they'll be like, well, at least he knows what he's doing. And it makes you more confident. It makes because you more confident. At, at times when like, I don't know if you've only done $10,000 clients and there's a client that you're like, yeah, I'm going to charge 50 grand for one sales letter for it. Yeah. Like, oh, crap, I don't know if I could do this. But then you look back at your case studies, you're like, well, I charged this one person 10 grand and I made the 200 grand. So yeah, it's worth 50 grand. Yeah. And then you can go into it and be like, you know what? Of course it's worth it. And you brought up with the short end of the stick. Yeah. Yeah. You got, and you brought up a really good point because so when it comes to pricing your stuff, you have to be able to say that you can. 3x, 4x people's revenue. Because mm-hmm. 
you can't just say like even now like you know there are people that are charging like some people like Stephen George, nine figure copywriter, charges fifty k for a sales letter. Mm-hmm. It's only because he's generated millions of dollars with his BS his sales letters and BSLs mm-hmm. that he's able to charge that much. You have to gauge your prices based off of the amount of value you can provide that client. Mm-hmm. And these these uh, case studies and these these testimonials stuff, it's going to give you the confidence to be able to step to a client and say, hey, yeah, I charge this much money for my services. But I charge this for much for email. I charge this much for, you know, you'll have that as opposed to, uh, five grand. He's not tight. But if I'm like, no, this made him, this made, this made this client. I wrote this, this client has made 60, 60K since then, 70K since then, 100K since then. This is why I charge what I charge. Now you're coming up with a sense of conviction. Your chest pops out, your voice gets deeper. You speak with conviction. They trust that. Then they're like, okay. Let me, get, let me give you what you need. Mm-hmm. And then you also attract higher paying clients as well. Higher quality clients. Um, because there's a lot of clients out there that are low and they'll give you all the hell and stress, uh, stressed and just, well, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. The high, the more value you provide clients, the higher up you go in the total pool of like entrepreneur business, the higher quality the clients up here yeah. are and the higher the quality of the client, the more they'll pay you. So you're getting paid more and you have a better client you want to deal with yep. versus having a crappy client that doesn't want to pay you. That doesn't want to pay you, that gives you, that makes it difficult, that doesn't have no, that they're broke. Only wants to do rev share. Only, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really don't have that story about that, but we'll get to that next yeah, time. We'll get to that next time, but like, that does bring up another point. If you are just starting out as a copywriter, there's nothing wrong with doing spec work. Mm-hmm. which is doing free work to kind of just give people the results. The only thing that I'll caution is that you work with people that you trust because there's a lot of scumbags out there that they call themselves clients that will take advantage of your free work and pretend like you suck when you're actually really good at what you do. Just to get it for free. Okay, just to get it for free. Because if you say, oh, yeah, you know, you made me a lot of money, uh, then I'll have to start paying them. Only a low-quality client would think that way. If you start working with higher paying clients, they're like, yeah, I'll pay you so you can make me more money. Yeah. And so if you're going to start writing, make sure you, you're working with clients that you actually trust. If you're going to do stuff for free or if there's a way where you can make yourself money with client, with with copy, do that so that you, you can then have results to give to future clients, potential prospects. Because who, who can you trust? Who's, who's more trustworthy than your own self, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to write something for an offer that you have um, and it does well, then you can be like, okay, well, now you might not even want to look for clients at that point. You might just cre- keep creating and then writing for your own stuff. Yeah. And that's where that's where you want to go, you know? But yeah, spec work is a great way to get clients, but it's very risky at the same time. Dude, love that. Yeah, so essentially, breaking down what we talked about, copywriting, what it is, how to develop your skills in copywriting, and then how to make six figures copywriting. Obviously, we just touched a little bit on the surface of all of this. If you yeah. guys want to get to know more, Josh always posts awesome copy tips on his Instagram. Yeah. Go follow him on Instagram at, uh, at Josh wrote that. At Josh wrote that. Yeah. I'm Good on, handle, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. I'm also coming out with a, a quick little free audiobook or audiobook, free ebook. And it's basically how I create a killer offer. 
Um, yes. It's called it's called the uh, offer ignite blueprint, where I teach you how to find the spark in your offer. I'm gonna in this book, you're gonna learn how to write. It, it, whether it's an existing offer, if you're trying to come up with something to really connect with your audience that you're trying to target, you're going to learn how to write an offer that just sets a spark that then creates like burning desire in whoever you're targeting. It's going to give you exactly the step-by-step on how to do that so that you can create your own offers. It's targeting for offer owners, business owners, marketers who want to just like really take over their industry with a solid offer that's really going to add a lot of value to their audience. So. Um, that's coming out really, really soon. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, you'll, I'll talk about it if you follow me on Instagram. You'll, you'll eventually get. I'll have a link. It'll be great. So. And guys, I would recommend 100%. Could not recommend it enough that you go pick up the book. You go follow him on Instagram because this guy, every word he uses has intention to it, and he knows how to sell people on the product or service that you have. So if you're in business, you're thinking about getting into business. You're thinking about being into copywriting. If you don't do any of it, you know, just go follow them anyways. And uh, you're going you're to learn a lot about persuasion, sales, and how internet marketing actually works. So 100% recommend that you go do that. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hungry Food Podcast. And we will see you next time. Thanks thank so. you so much for having me, Riley. And shout out to everybody watching this podcast. And I love you all. And stay hungry. Stay hungry, baby. <laughs>